Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. I know they're around here somewhere. You leave town for a couple of days and everything changes. All heck breaks loose. I'm gonna find their secret recording location somewhere. certain age, you probably recognize this is not Robbie Koblenz's voice. Robbie's out again. This is Art Shirley, and I'm in studio with... Jay Reed. We're actually both here, and it's a Robbie-less... Oh, my gosh. I found you. We thought you were in Las Vegas. But I guess you couldn't tell us, huh? What happens in Vegas eventually comes back to Starkville. Oh. How are you guys doing? Stark Vegas. Stark Vegas. From Las Vegas Ooh, to Stark Vegas. That's or should right. we call it Lasville, maybe, at this point, to give it... No, I guess Lasville and Stark Vegas. Yeah, maybe not. <sighs> Landed. I'm here. I've got time for a Geek of the Week. But what are you guys going to do? Uh, well, actually, we have a pretty interesting show planned. Uh, Jay, you want to... So you replaced me? Yeah. I'm gone for yeah. four days? Yeah. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, we've actually got a Just guy... Just like you did uh, when I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the difference is, it's me. Oh. oh. Sorry, Mrs. Drew. So should I stop working on the guy's caricature? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so. So I you want to go first? Sure, I can that go first. That never happens either. No, actually, it never does. I never go first. You're going first this time. So my geek of the week, because <laughs> i got to get out of here in just a half a second, is the fact that the long-awaited prequel to Dune is about to crank up. The prequel, okay. The prequel, Dune Sisterhood. So it's everything that you wanted to know about the Benny Gesserit, but were afraid yeah. to ask. Yeah, that, I'm pretty much done with everything I needed to know <laughs> you, about the, you are caught up. Yeah, the Benny Jesuits. Yeah. That's that's kind of part of Jesuits. Jesuits. <laughs> Benny and the Jets. Benny Jesuits Benny sounds Jets, like yeah. Benny yeah. and the Jesuits. <laughs> sounds like a, Benny and the a priest who's a lounge act. So, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> great. Wow. Speaking Sorry. of uh, monk, maybe I should have said monk. I, I think I saw that lounge act. You probably did. Yeah. So, so, tell us. so Dune uh, was such a success for HBO Max, Warner Brothers, whoever who uh, whoever did it. They decided that they're going to go back to the well again, uh-huh. and they're going to mine some of the uh, the previous Frank Herbert prequel stuff about the Benny Gesserit, which was kind of like the. So uh, he has books that are part of the prequel. Yeah, like, well, he, our, our prequel. He's novels. got a he's got a mythology that that happens before, and then his son Brian is it Brian Herbert? Yeah, it's Brian Herbert came yeah. back and. and and uh, wrote a few things from his dad's notes. So anyway, it's going to be uh, the first two episodes are going to be directed by Chernobyl director Johan Renk. Did you guys watch Chernobyl? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, really so, good. so he's going to seen it. I don't think so. Is it a movie? It's on HBO Max. It's a limited series on HBO Max. It's a limited oh. series. It's based upon actual events. Yeah, it's okay. really, really good. Well done. I haven't seen it yet, but I need to. So anyway, that uh, that has been announced. So that's going to be kind of cool that they're going to. Come in 10,000 years before Dune and talk about the Benny Jesuit. Cool. So I actually just started rereading Dune a couple of days ago. So You know, I, re- I started reading it after I watched the movie. And I got through the first third, and it held up well, but, man, there's some some dated stereotypes. Oh, are there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and it's something else that's kind of fun, because I've always got to have something Doctor Who related. Of course. Uh, we know that Rob Zombie is, uh, is rebooting the Munsters. 
Yes. Did you guys know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so um, Doctor Who. They have no, the same three pictures they keep showing. You know, well, like, there's a new picture that dropped this morning uh-huh. with Doctor the doc, the seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy, has a role in the Munsters. Oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah, so I don't know what he's playing. I didn't I go think that deep he into is, it because uh, I was too busy trying to find you guys. Is he a werewolf? I don't know what he is. I, I think he's like Lily Munster's uncle or, or brother or something. Uh, the, Probably uncle, given the age. The the pic on Instagram was great because he was just chilling there with Rob. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and uh, Jeff Daniels is playing Herman Munster. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Interesting, yeah. And Rob Zombie's wife, who I cannot remember her name now, is playing uh, Lily Munster. Okay. So so yeah. did you guys like uh, – did you like the Addams Family or the Munsters? I probably watched the Munsters more so. Just I don't know if that was just what our you know local network you know had that we were watching, but um, I, I I probably like both of them equally as well. Yeah, I'd say so. I thought I probably watched Adam's Family more. Mm-hmm. It seems like, but I but I have vivid memories the of the Munsters. Monsters too. If it could be said, seemed a little more realistic. Kid, no kid, <laughs> kid humor. It was yeah. a little bit funnier. Yeah. Whereas you know Morticia and uh, Gomez occasionally were uh, <laughs> yeah a little too frisky for the uh, for the little for the little four year old a, <laughs> yeah, a little body a little PG thirteen yeah to, so. for the for the youngster in me. Right. Well, if yeah. you guys will remember, TBS ran those in the afternoon yeah. on cable back to back, right? Well, they would strip them out, so they would run like Adam's Family for you know thirteen or twenty six weeks, and then oh, okay. the monsters. Sometimes they do them back to back. Okay, oh Ted. Turner was trying to find anything he could. Yeah, around. absolutely. So, but yeah. anyway, we watched it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There you go. That's my geek. Jay, what's your geek? My geek is uh, d- another event that I didn't know was happening. The CinemaCon, which I guess Robbie uh-huh. was in the midst Shh. of, but not. Uh, I can't tell mid- you anything about it. Oh, that's right. I so, will tell you the first what? twenty. The first twenty minutes of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness looks amazing. Oh, Ooh, so he was there. <laughs> maybe or maybe not. Yeah, <sighs> but lots of things announced at CinemaCon. I didn't. Uh, for those of you like me who didn't know what that was, it's like cinema owners yeah. come around. It was not something I was familiar with. Yeah, and because I kept seeing um, Warner Brothers announcements from it, but really it was all the major studios come and show the theater owners what's coming next, what's coming over it, in the next year. So. It's kind of the equivalent to uh, network up fronts for TV. Okay, okay, gotcha. So it gives you a preview of summer blockbusters, fall, what's, what's in the pipeline. Yeah. Okay, so some of the things that came out um, – Avatar, they saw a little clip from that. It's now called The Way of the Water. Yeah, and I saw the logo for that. And that trailer's supposed to drop to mass uh, people to watch next week. Actually, I heard that they were first. Uh, what I read was they're gonna the trailer would drop as an intro to the Doctor Strange movie first. Oh. It'll be a trailer in theaters And when first. does that come out, Doctor Strange? Uh, May 6th. Yeah, it's which right around the corner. From when we're from recording. From when we're recording, it's yeah. a week and a day from when we're recording. So right? we need to go see that, the three of us, and yeah. then record immediately after. If go. we don't get stuck in the multiple. So, yeah, so Avatar, there's something else about Avatar, the trailer. Okay. Um, One of the movies that's coming out, and I think it's a WB, is the Elvis movie. Y'all may have seen this. It's coming out soon, but I didn't realize it was even happening. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom Hanks is going to play Tom Parker. Uh huh. Uh, So that should be interesting. My mom will like that one. And I think it's a relative unknown that's playing Elvis, right? Blair Butler or something like Maybe that. Maybe it's I not. Mean, I but think I got the wrong. I didn't. I yeah, kind of halfway recognize him, but he could be relative unknown to me. <laughs> right, well, he's quite young, so um, probably so. And then you got. Uh, is he a hunk of hunk of burning love? I'm gonna leave that to Mrs. Reed to mm-hmm. uh, to define. To, to but which Mrs. Reed? Yeah. Ooh, good question. We should say that as we were recording this, is a uh, black velvet Elvis painting in the office next door to us. Right, from someone else's wife. That's right. Yeah. So uh, speaking of. 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm speaking of. <laughs> they also showed a picture of Margot Robbie, who was going to be live action Barbie. Barbie yeah. Movie. Ryan Gosling's right. going to be Ken. Yeah. And it had like a. That's not something I knew was coming or cared to know, but the cast is pretty crazy. I forget who else is That's in it. That's either going to be really good or really bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> More likely the latter, but yeah, who knows? Right. Maybe it'll come on HBO Max. But one cool thing, I mean, very interesting, was that apparently Warner Brothers really had to come out and say, all right, we kind of screwed up with the – playing the movie on HBO Max the same day as it was released in theaters. They kind of had to eat some crow with that. Yeah. And so they made very sure during their presentation that it, that it was all about the theaters. And yeah, okay. Get that, that kind of go back to where Bat, the Batman is yeah. gone and at least uh-huh. waiting the 45 days or whatever. So from Disney, um, Kevin Feige came out and said that he was headed to a retreat where he and his creative team were going to plan out the next 10 years of the okay. Marvel Universe. So let's see what else we got. Nothing but Moon Knight from here on out. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, are y'all caught up? Yeah, I've got yeah, up. Got I'm one more left. Up this morning. I should I should have come in as a come in as a hippo. Is what I should. Have done. <laughs> there you go. Hi. Okay. Hi. There you go. That's pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. So I guess the only other thing I wrote down was uh, there's going to be a John Wick four. Yeah. Which after theater release will go to Roku. What? Yeah, Roku's going to stream John Roku. Wick Four first. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, so all kinds of little weird, weird news, and I think you maybe have some. Well, the news only other thing well. that I had came from this as well, mm-hmm. and it's the announcement as you mentioned, Batman has been a great success. Did well in the theaters, has done great numbers since it's come to HBO Max, and I think that has has proven to be, like you said, the model, and that's what they were talking about at CinemaCon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've announced a sequel for it already. Uh, Robert Pattinson and Ma- Matt Reeves are both attached to it. Uh, I other think than Zoe Kravitz also. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know if we knew. And I'm sure our man Jeffrey Wright's going to be part of it as has well. To be, has, has to be, be. right? Uh, but... Uh, other than that, we don't know. I mean, I would hope the villain, I think we've all said this before, if not the the Joker, you know, maybe the Joker will be in a third one that they do. But they've mm-hmm. got to use, I mean, because just the little tease we saw, the Joker was great. So I, yeah. I hope they'll they'll use uh, Barry Keog or, or whatever his name is. Keegan? Is it Keegan? I can't remember. Thank it's, you. It's Probably not closer. spelled that way. But we won't. Robbie? No. Uh, Barry K. Barry K. Yeah. BK. BK. Yeah. BK Broiler. Sorry. That wasn't a very good burger. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that's why it's no longer Yeah, and I read that, I don't know if this was just somebody's opinion of what they wanted, but they were kind of speculating that Dr. Mr. Freeze, Dr. Mr. Freeze might be the villain in this. Yeah, that was in Robbie's text. Okay. No, just kidding. <laughs> Here's what I'd like. Uh, yeah, I read it somewhere. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. No. Mr. Freeze, see, I would, I would rather go somewhere they haven't been yet. I mean, the Penguin is probably the obvious second choice because we've mm-hmm. already seen the origin of him, and so you do the Penguin second and then the Joker. But we've been down that road before. But do we need another Penguin I don't know that we do. I mean, we've kind of seen it. I think we have, too. I'd like to see a villain they haven't done before. So we'll see. I just Agreed. want Kite Man to show up. Kite Man. It's got to be Kite Man. Yeah. Our what? calendar guy. Okay. Calendar yeah. man. But did you you guys may have seen it. CinemaCon, they announced that uh, Harley Quinn Season 3 is, is happening on HBO Max, but they're going to do a spinoff uh, animated on HBO Max that features Kite Man. Really? He's going to have his own. Li- I think it's huh. a limited run series. Huh. So it's Kite's like a four-letter word, and I guess the rest of it will be, too, based on uh, Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. What now? I said, is, is this about the kite eating tree and Charlie Brown? No, that, I don't not. know who Kite Man is. Well, I need well, to study. 
Yeah. I don't know that our next guest will be able to help you since he is D.C. and we understand that he's not a big D.C. guy, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. You want to tell us who we've got coming up on the other side of the break? Yeah, on the other side of the break, we have Stan Brown, a.k.a. S.P. Brown. He's a a local fellow who is a published author, and we'll get him to tell us what he writes about and a little bit about his process. All right. Good deal. Robbie, good to have you back in the Golden Triangle. Yeah. And look forward to hearing about it. He was at the National Association of Broadcasting broadcasters conference in las vegas so i'm sure we'll hear all about that in an upcoming episode or so the nab convention can, is not about peanut butter crackers no oh, it's not but i got to ride a tesla in a uh 40 foot underground tunnel wow oh. yeah was it courtesy of elon musk yeah i was there was it twitter bird color blue is, is that no, what, is that when you said you know you got about twitter yeah no okay no but the tunnel was was created by the boring company Ah, which is also an Elon Musk. That really should be our sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we'll be back right after this. Okay, we're back, and uh, we finally got rid of Robbie. I can't believe he just showed up here. I mean, we thought he was in Vegas. We thought we had a good shot of doing this for ourselves and actually get to say a few things. But uh, he kind of came in and took over. Was yep, yeah. All right. Well, we're we're glad to be back. We have a special guest with us today. I think you'll find him very interesting. Uh, I'm going to let Jay introduce our guest and and kind of take the lead on the interview. But uh, I'll just say welcome. Glad to have you here, Jay. All right. Yeah. So I uh, just to give a little backstory about. Ten-ish years ago, um, I was a part of something here called the Startwell Writers Group. And through that, I met Stan Brown, who's with us here today. Stan, good to have you. Good to be here. Thanks a lot for having me. So Stan, at that time, was in the beginning stages of writing some uh, some novels. And um, I was more in the nonfiction aspect of it, but I got right. a chance to beta read some of his stuff. And okay. So anyway, just been following him, and he's you know, a local guy. And um, But before we get into the books... I guess first of all, just maybe kind of tell us some just some background on yourself. Like I know you haven't uh, you're a writer, but it's not just been novels. You know, where are you from? That sort of thing. Yeah, I'm an academic. I uh, from Louisiana. Have have moved through the institutions in Mississippi. <laughs> Do- doctorate at Southern Miss, and uh, my first real academic appointment was at the University of mm-hmm. Mississippi, and I'm. Um, looking to end my career at Mississippi State. All right, so, so the big three, you've covered the, them all. The big three, I've covered them. How long have you been here at State? Uh, I'm in my 15th year. Okay, okay. So I've been here quite a bit, and I love uh, Starkville. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Sorry. No, almost, we're, we're both we're Ole Miss both grads. Ole Miss, so, uh, so, yeah. I, I was at Oxford for 10 years, so. Uh, okay. okay. Well, we have we, we love Oxford here, so yeah. now that Robbie's gone. Yeah. <laughs> but we're fond of Starbucks as well. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we live here. Yeah. yeah. So. so did all the uh, academic writing, uh, you know, part of the job, publishing research uh, into the scientific uh, literature, uh, several academic books. Tell you the truth, I got bored. Yeah. And in about 2005, I said, you know, I have a couple of stories in me, so I start writing down ideas and Several books later, I'm still at it. Okay, okay. great. But before – I want to get into some of the books and some of the process and that kind of thing. But I do want to say, <clears throat> last time I saw you, uh, this is a few months back, um, I learned something about you that I was unaware of at first, and that is you have a very strong opinion on uh, comic book uh, universes, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So you're a fan of – Marvel Comics. For sure. And so what makes you – I've noticed on your Facebook page you've got quite a quite a few articles that And that his shirt posted. is Doctor Strange with right. the Sorcerer Supreme on it. Very cool shirt, <laughs> by the sure. way. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but so so tell us a little bit about that background. That's even in your bio. If you look up, if you look you up yeah. online, I mean it formed my growing years. I mean when I, I don't know how I was introduced to comic books, probably in one of the local Packasack stores. We're, we're talking the early '60s, right? Late '50s, early '60s. So I'm dating myself, <laughs> uh, but. Um, Used to buy just tons of marble. This is the Silver Age. Right. Okay. We're talking about when, uh, basically, when Stan Lee took over as the major uh, driver right. of, of the comic. Um, I was reading as a kid, mm-hmm. eight, nine years old, ten years old, reading stuff. Where were my parents? <laughs> no kid should have been reading Doctor Strange and yeah. all the strange things they were getting uh-huh. into <laughs> at that age. But uh, still a Doctor Strange fan, and uh, Marvel has exploded into the cinema with very good um, movies, by the way. Yeah, and so Doctor Strange, as we record, it's I think releases a week about a week from now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Early April, uh, early uh, May. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were there and. I think Jay's setting this up because I'm more of a DC guy, but I I find myself. I mean, I've never really made the distinction. I'm 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 DC and Marvel, and I think I'm probably about uh, nine or ten years younger than you are. But you were there. If you were reading in the '60s, you were there as the uh, evolution. Evolution is not even right. It was more of a revolution in comics that Stanley, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko were doing. Uh, the, with, Marvel, the Marvel method. Yeah, it with was, Fantastic it, Four, then you mm-hmm. had Spider-Man, and then you had the X-Men, that one, two, three punch, and then you have Ditko and uh, Stanley combining on on Doctor Strange through mm-hmm. Amazing Tales. So you were seeing that as it happened, right? I was writing letters to the editor. Oh, were you really? To Stan Lee. Wow. Because if you read the the, the old comics, yeah. all the way at the back, you'll see some yeah. letters from kids. Uh-huh. I don't know if I ever made it in. Yeah. But I remember pinning these things. I have. I don't think. I don't think there were. I think they got caught, so they're not available anymore. But I have uh, DVD collections that are the first forty years, and they're just scans. I mean, they're not even, you know, cleaned up or whatever. But they're scans of comic books, and they do everything, including the letters page. So it's cover to cover. You have all the old ads, and the first forty years of. I've got Spider Man, uh, I've got Fantastic Four, and I've got the X Men. And you can see the letters pages. Well, J.R.R. Tolkien, not J.R. Tolkien, George R.R. R. Martin <laughs> has a letter in there. Yeah, wow. and I actually really? see it pop up. Yeah, really? you see it. Wow. Uh, wow. you, you did this wrong, blah, 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 he's blah. About, you know, why didn't you kill off Spider Man? <laughs> why didn't you kill off Spider Man right at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. what I would have done. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, by the time 1968, yeah, I was in the ninth grade, and our house burned down. Oh no! Uh, the fall of well, that, sorry for several reasons, but it's year. a comic book. Fan. But I lost about two thousand pristine comics. Oh my gosh! I, I, well, I, I was, forgotten about my, that. You my uh, that. my brother and I, he was a year younger. Uh-huh. We, we shared a bedroom, but I had the closet. Yeah, and it was all Marvel. Oh, that's all. And that stuff went up in smoke. Oh, and man. I'm talking about. I kept them in good yeah, shape. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd been collecting. Uh, uh-huh. I was ninth grade. And I stopped reading at that point. Yeah. You know, coming into high school. Oh, yeah. B- yeah. Bigger things, girls. Uh-huh. Cars, that's right. Girls. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Happening. Yeah. And I just stopped uh-huh. reading at that point. Only took it back up in my um, early 50s. Yeah. Okay, really? So, okay, that's that's uh, like the same, same kind of uh, path for me. I can remember one of the first comics I ever got was uh, a DC comic, one of the, the super annuals, and it has the Neil Adams cover with everybody flying across it. 
and uh, it's a collection. So you're seeing old stuff like Lou Fine kind of uh, Condor Man and all this mm-hmm. stuff, or Black Condor, rather. Um, and uh, so it's really and, and that's the same way. I mean, uh, either a drugstore or a grocery store had the rack, the spinning rack, which I still wish I had. Do you have one of those? Oh, yeah. God, see, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I lived for the monthly. Yeah. Dad, yeah. take me. I got to go. I yeah, gotta yeah, see yeah. What's new. <laughs> yeah. 25 cents. I, I can remember spending 25 oh, cents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I can I remember died. when they went up to 50. It's like, this is going to, what is this going to do? You know? <laughs> yeah. But same thing. High school kind of dropped off. Really, even into uh, college, although people were starting to do stuff. So it was after. I went to after I got a job and was living in Memphis, and there was a comic book store, and I'd never seen one, so I saw a lot of independent comics that I had no idea even existed, you know, and may not have. They, they didn't when I was a kid, but you know that was really kind of an eye-opening thing too. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, cool. Well, I want to talk to you more about that. Spinning rack is cool, <laughs> but let's talk about your book stuff too. Yeah. So what what would you? I know I've read them, so I, I kind of know the answer, but I want to. Uh, ask us a specific question. What sort of genre would you classify most of your books, or all of them, maybe? Uh, I, I would call call them all overarching paranormal thrillers. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, some of them can be probably better classified as contemporary fantasy. Okay. But I like to write things that are centered in the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll use real places and uh, okay. names in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's something you can kind of you can see and touch. You know, you know, the setting is recognizable. Mm-hmm. I don't make things up. Uh, but contemporary fantasy, paranormal thrillers can go in there. My my debut was a paranormal thriller, sure thing, and a mixed genre. All of these t- things also tend to be mixed genre. Uh, the legacy paranormal thriller, but it has. Um, uh, aspects of political thrillers in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a bombing in Washington, D.C. Right. from terrorists. Okay. But the book also has ghosts in it. Oh, so. that's well. Well, I think that's why I wanted you to kind of clarify because for somebody like me, when I hear the word paranormal, I think of ghost hunters, ghost hunters and things like that. But yours, from what I've read, and I've read The Legacy and about halfway through Veiled Memory right now, there's it's not just ghosts I and mean, it's not just witches and wizards it's it's a other right. aspects. other things right and, and I, I it's hard to do because literally everything is out there been there that way for years i tried to have a fresh take on things mm-hmm. try to put something no one wants to copy somebody will pick it up and start reading and say well i, I read something just like this uh-huh. and better done so i try to the plots are fresh mm-hmm. And um, or at least I think they are. Mm-hmm. Are um, yours? Are, are they series books? Or are they all one-off stories? Or uh, do you have the current legacy, characters? The legacy so far is a one-off, but uh-huh. I have I, I tend to um, you know not write a actual denouement at the end uh-huh. to make it a single book. Uh, tend to write open-ended. So okay, that I can so you go. can pick it up. I do plan to continue the legacy. Okay. Go forward with that character. Uh-huh. Okay, and that was Harry Black, as I recall, right? Is that right? The Harry Black ca- character set in uh, around in and near Jackson, Mississippi. Okay, okay. cool. So you've got um, the Legacy was your first one, your first published one, anyway, mm-hmm. and then uh, 
the two, the first two of the Stonehenge Chronicles, is that right? Right. Uh, Veiled Memory and then the third factor. Right. So, and then the Fallen Wizard. Is that the most recent one? I was hard, I, I didn't it, look at copyright is, dates. It is the most recent. Okay. Uh, a, a children's fantasy. I wouldn't call it paranormal, but a okay. pure fantasy uh, called Fallen Wizard. Okay. Yeah. So you got four out there now. Is that right? Right. Okay. Because I was. Uh, this is something that I just noticed when I was looking for the list um, that there was another one with a different title that also says Stonehenge Chronicles Volume One. It was like Phoebe Allen and the Quantum Sorcerer. Is that right? Is that, that was that a title change? That one was uh, never published. Okay, hmm. just a cover. It, it, it was never published, uh, although fully written and ready to go. With that particular book, I had won a, uh, a New York City um, agent, okay, literary agent, uh, Ethan Ellenberg Literary Agency, well-known, New York City. Uh, they never could do anything with it. Okay. Oh. So, so we dissolved our agreement. Yeah. So it, it on the cover, at least, that I saw, it was listed as the book one of the Stonehenge. Right. But now this and is I, and listed I, as, and I switched, I'm pointing to veil memory. I switched the book you're talking about that was never published from a purely children's book to um, a young adult adult book. Okay. Okay. And I switched it from first person to third person. Okay. So and did that, that become? And that became Veiled Memory. Okay, so the and Veiled Memory is out there, fully published. And okay, right. so and the content was is pretty much the same. Just pretty much tweaked. the same. Uh, the only difference in that, in first person, you're limited to um, the main character. Right. Everything's mm-hmm. from, right. Everything's from her eyes, and l- literally, uh, the main character is in every scene. Okay. Right. U- right. Usually in first person, uh-huh. but I switched that, and I now have a. Um, multi-point-of-view mm-hmm. novel right? because, uh, you know, the main characters stayed the same, or at least a couple main characters, but now have other scenes with adult characters in there. It, right. It's an adult book, meaning okay. uh, I, I advance the age. They're like the of, reading level. The, the, right. No, I advance the age of the characters from initially I'd started with 12-year-olds, and oh, okay. they became... Uh, almost graduating high school, so 17 on the cusp of 18. Okay. And, okay. In order to make it adult. Okay. How do you handle publishing? What do you do? <clears throat> publishing? Are you self-published or what? Do no, you... uh, these are published by. Um, uh, Black Oval. Look, look at Black the back. <laughs> you can pick up the book. Okay. I've got the books right here. The, the reason why I had a mental blank there is because I I've dissolved my contracts with Black Opal. All the books have now been pulled back to me, okay. and I have another publisher who okay. we we are putting we will put them out. Wow! Okay. Same title, new cover. Okay. And I'm adding a uh, the the Stonehenge Chronicle is a trilogy, but I'm adding a fourth book. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to ask when the third one was coming. Or? We're refreshing. Okay. The third one now becomes the fourth one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you have to write the third one in between them. The process is interesting right now, but, <laughs> sure. uh, but I'll end up in the Stonehenge Chronicles with uh, four books. What is your What is your process writing? How do you have an idea for? Or you have several books going that you're working on, or do you? I, I tend to have several books actually, uh-huh. <laughs> doing in, including academic stuff. Since I'm still employed by the university, uh-huh. I just published two academic books last year. Okay, uh, all the while trying to progress that series we've been talking about. Uh, the process is uh, get an idea idea and run with it. Uh-huh. Um, 
I mean, I, I have a uh, process uh, early on when I took up non I'm sorry, fiction writing. Uh, you know, I read everything I could about how to produce a novel. Yeah. Um, you know, generally speaking, you have those who are by the seat of their pants, writers, yeah. and those who will uh, have uh, everything planned out mm-hmm. from first scene to last scene right. in detail. For instance, I, I uh, reviewed what John Grisham does. Uh-huh. <laughs> John Grisham will literally have a paragraph for every chapter in his book hmm. so it's all planned out yeah and then he fl- f- just goes back and fl- gets from one paragraph to another fleshes right? it out yeah. fleshes it out okay from there i tried that i can't do that yeah. i write from the seat of my pants yeah seat of my pants when the story takes off is when the characters start to become alive uh-huh. and, and they literally it's sort of paranormal yeah they write the book they write the book for me because uh-huh, they that's take awesome. they think yeah. they take a light a life of their own uh-huh. now i have a target goal i usually have the last scene in yeah, my yeah you know where you want to get where, so. where i want to get yeah. to and i know the length of the novels i'm dealing with typically about 100,000 uh-huh. words adult length uh, and um I'll, I'll write and edit as i go along it's a long process after I finish the book, I'll go through it several more times. If I see I have a lack of a scene here and there to make connections, you just simply fill in. Yeah. Do you find and, yourself surprised sometime by how you get I, I to do. that point? I yeah. do. And I picked up a very good um, technique from Philip Pullman. Do you all know who I that is? I don't know is? that name. Uh, do you all know the His Dark Materials? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, a series. Is that him? Philip Pullman. Okay. He will... Uh, write his novel, and then every scene in his novel, he'll condense every scene to a three-by-five post-it note. Wow. And put all the scenes on his wall uh-huh. in his I've office. seen people do that before. And you'll have, in one vision, your entire novel, instead of having to flip page to page yeah. or on a computer, try to scroll and find a particular uh-huh. scene, the scenes are there. And he can check out the flow because pacing is very important exactly, in yeah. novels mm-hmm. and he'll check out the flow and if he has to pull one scene he'll just pull the post-it note from a location stick it at the Remember. end or stick it in the middle of the third act right. or wh- whatever or possibly just cut it all together and if he cut can. it yeah uh-huh and that's what I've done, and that works. Yeah. I'll tell you that Philip Pullman's technique is that's, not my that's technique. Very it's much his. similar to storyboards and, and movies it, it, where you see it's those. It's a storyboard. Yeah. yeah. Anne Lamott in does effect. that in her Bird by Bird book. She talks about okay. index cards and, and just laying them all out and completely revamping a book. Yeah. Because if you're a visual method. learner, yeah. you, you can see it in one field of vision. Mm-hmm. And you can get up close and read what you've written and, and remember because, you know, you write your story. And you, what did I do in right. this chapter now? Mm-hmm. you got to go back and see because you, uh-huh. you forget. It's yeah. easy to do. You forget things yeah. like, you know, the, the, the age of a character. And yeah. Oh, yeah. They see, do did you I have... write them blue eyes or brown eyes? <laughs> okay. So see to the pants stuff, but do you have things like a Bible that you use to start with and, and like a character descriptions or, you know? I, I don't put those types of formal things together. Yeah. What I do put down on paper is lots and lots of notes. Okay. 
because I'll think of things. I'll be walking, jogging, whatever, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then go back home with just a head full of stuff. Yeah. If I don't get down in notes, I'll forget. Yeah. And there were I'm good thoughts, way. and I've used that repeatedly. Uh, you, you mentioned notes and post-it notes and those kind of things. Are you tactile? Are you actually handwriting a lot of this stuff? Or are you you type? I know like Stephen King still writes everything uh, on legal pads. Right, legal pads. Okay, handwritten. Okay, okay. Very quick. I don't want to type. Try to print out. No, very quick. I have just piles and piles of this stuff. Uh-huh. That, and then you transcribe when, it to when I when I have something that I've accomplished in the book, I'll go and check that off. Okay. I don't even I don't have to think about this line now mm-hmm. anymore because I've written it into the narrative. Uh-huh. Uh, either in dialogue or, or prose narrative part of the novel. Interesting. Yeah, that's great. So you uh, that I'm I'm already I'm always impressed by novels because I'm I'm a nonfiction writer and I'm more impressed by short form Really, like uh, a short story uh-huh. to get that point across in, a, That's in fiction. fewer words. Uh-huh. But man, those few words, I got to have the long form because yeah. I don't know how to do it in the short form. Well, the way you were talking about, you know, having your writing by the seat of your pants, but having an end goal. I mean, Alex said I'm about halfway through Veil Memory right now, and there's a lot going on. So that I'm just impressed by the fact that you've got these sort of multiple stories that are weaving together yeah. little by little and. Do you well, set the, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's kind of two or three main tracks going on. Yeah. Did you write each track and then blend them together with your post It just or? comes together, seat of the paint. Okay. Paint. But what, what you have in mind, you have to write what you like, right? Yeah. Sure. Or, and what you know. Now, I'm writing uh, uh, paranormal, so I don't know paranormal in my worldly uh-huh. experience. Uh-huh. But um, what you uh, have to do is um, just uh, write what you like. What I like is plot-driven fiction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Character-driven, very important. In fact, probably sells more books to be character-driven. But I, I, the stuff I like is very plot-heavy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's the tendency, something that will literally go over several novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like plot-heavy and so you, for, for plot heavy, you got to have multiple lines of plots going right. at the same time. And, and I don't write mysteries, but each one of the thrillers that I write has a mystery in there sure. that the character is trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't describe these books as mysteries, though. That's, that's a separate genre. Yeah. Yeah. But you can have mysteries in anything you write. You know. Yeah, for sure. And, so let me let me think here. Uh, while you're looking yeah. at that, so how would we? I know uh, Jay shared with me a Facebook page and a web link, but uh, what's the best way to to get your book right now? Is it? Uh, you talked about changing publishers, so is this a time to do that, or should we wait till the publishers? I think you're going to have to wait. Yeah. Okay. So what I've done is I've pulled them from the the publisher I had because of issues. Uh, they changed their hands, the owner, uh-huh. and became. Yeah. It's one of the same situation. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so uh, I've got a marvelous uh, publisher right now uh, and chief editor, and uh, we're uh, going to repackage a lot of these and yeah. put them back out. Okay. So you've got um, – but so there the, are some available locally, though, because I bought mine here. The, oh, you can get them like at uh, Starbucks Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble. Okay. Noble. Okay. Yeah. There. They have a faculty author section. Right. Yes, I've seen signed. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. great. So I was wondering too. You mentioned uh, this. Go ahead. However, my my children's book, 
uh, Fallen Wizard uh-huh. is with a new publisher, but it's out there now. Okay. It's not going with the same publisher that okay. I have my adult books going All with. right. So you can still find um, that uh, Fallen Wizard out there. Just just uh, Google it, look at Amazon. Okay. And, and it'll, be S, S, it'll be under S.P. S. Brown. S.P. Brown, Fallen yeah. Wizard. And what's the website? Or just a, or we, We'll put it in the... SPBrownBooks.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. No punctuation, just all together, right? That's right. S.P. No Brown's book. S.P. Brown Books, plural, books, plural dot com. Dot com. Okay. Yeah. So going back to what you're saying about the, uh, you know, paranormal is not part of your day-to-day <laughs> experience. But in this book that I'm reading now, there's a lot about Celtic culture and history and runes. And so did you have to – that, was that an interest of yours that you just pursued? Or I'm sure you had to do a little homework on that yeah, aspect. That, that particular story, it will end up being a four-book uh, series. And um, that, that was my first uh, story idea. Uh-huh. It didn't become my n- debut novel. The legacy idea came along, and I got it out there pretty quickly. But I, all the while, kept writing on my initial storyline. I have a couple of interests in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is uh, the biblical story, mm-hmm. uh, Genesis chapter six, um, the flood, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, all that stuff. And I also have an interest in Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. So I connected the two. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, you say, how do you do that? Stonehenge. That's what I was, yeah. Stonehenge. Last, I didn't want to spoil the book, but yeah, the I'm last very curious. time I checked, Stonehenge was in Britain, yeah. And um, Noah lived in the Middle East, but, uh-huh. and also, and you'll find out in Veiled Memory, uh, runes have never been discovered in the uh-huh. Middle East. Mm-hmm. So where did that come come from? Mm-hmm. But anyway, runes is uh, a part of that. Uh, the uh, the runic writing, uh, Upper European, Scandinavian, yeah. Uh, Celtic uh, origin. Um, what I wanted to do, and I'll tell you the backstory of how I got started with this. I've been a Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. J.K. Rowling. Right. Oh yeah. My girls, when they were growing up, mid to late nineties, discovered Harry Potter. I don't know how. I think from a friend. Got into that as we changed the decade. Uh, we were reading. Yeah. That in the house. Yeah. So I really liked what she did was putting a clandestine group in the real world, but hidden. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were her. Those, that was her wizarding world. Right. right. Uh-huh. They were real in current day world, hidden. Yeah. I like that. What she didn't do was explain where they came from. Ah. Mm-hmm. Explain yeah. their origins. The origins. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was create a clandestine group in the real world and in the course of my story with another interest I have of Stonehenge explain the origins of this clandestine group Mm -hmm. because my story is contemporary just like uh, Harry Potter it's in in this the world we live in on this planet right Uh, so I mean one of the settings in Veiled Memory is Manhattan Mm -hmm. New York City yeah uh, and, and upstate New York in Ithaca um so real world clandestine group that has a about a 3500 year backstory. Wow, that's cool. Dating back to yeah. the origins of Stonehenge uh-huh. which goes back to about 3500 BC. Yeah. 
But it makes sense to me that. Uh, and by the last scene of the last book, you'll know why Stonehenge, uh, how it got there, why it got there, and what it was used for. All right. Yeah, well, something to, to look forward yeah, to. No I was just going to say it makes sense to me that a comic book guy, and especially a Stan Lee fan, would understand the importance of an origin story. So, you yeah. know, yeah. 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 Uh, so that, I, so I think, we don't know much about Stone. You know, we off studied, still no defense. Yeah, there's still not, no understanding of what it's, you know, nothing defended. How it came to be or, yeah, you know, what's going on with it. Well, and I'm sure all, all our listeners in England will be excited. That's right. That. That's right. <laughs> Actually, the, the third factor is important in, in getting that understanding. So, okay. So, I, I really dislike dystopian yeah. stuff. Yeah. I will say that my last book in the series will end up being a little bit dystopian. Oh, really? And I can't <laughs> yeah. believe I'm saying that because uh-huh. I don't like even reading, and I've never read dystopian novels. Mm-hmm. Hardly ever look at dystopian movies. Yeah. And it seems to be such a popular genre. I know. In my last book, it's going to be titled The, uh, the Fourth Turning, mm-hmm. is dystopian. Okay. That's the last thing I'll tell you. All right. Well, Sam, thanks so much for coming in today and being with us and I'm, I'm inspired by your process and your yeah I'm going to be checking your books out I'm going to look for when they're at the okay, new publisher good. yeah Thank so that'd you. be good uh, and uh, like I said we, we need to have you back we need to talk uh, comics because it's just it's, it's fascinating to me to talk to somebody that uh, you know was there and saw that again but uh, but the books are just are, are really fascinating and, and Jay suggested you as a guest earlier in the week and I hadn't had a chance to look at anything yet but now I'll, I'll know to go ahead and look for the new published version of it okay well we'll do this again sometime yeah. sounds yeah. good thanks so thank much thank you for the opportunity alright alright well that's guys of a certain age and uh, we'll be back I guess next week I'm not sure in what configuration if Robbie's going to track us down again or whatever but uh, look forward to seeing you again and make sure to like and subscribe and uh, we'll check you out later adios adios